We'll be getting ready for today's opening tips in the final check of the lineup right after this message. I can down the dust trace, hear me move coyotes race. I'd walk a mile for a camel. I'd walk a mile, wouldn't you? I've got a wonder, meet up roots for the great big hope. I'd walk a mile for a camel. This message was strictly for smokers who never tasted a camel cigarette. Camel smokers, you know what we mean. You other guys, start walking. Oh, it'll be 
see Gary Nolan on the mound. And let's now set the red defensively for you in your mind's eye as you look around that infield at third base, Tony Perez, at shortstop, Woody Woodward, at second base, Tommy Helms, at first base, Lee May. The outfield and left has Bernie Carbo, in center field, Bobby Tolan, and in right field, it's Pete Rose. On the mound, Gary Nolan, and behind the plate, the incomparable Johnny Bench. And again, the umpires from the National League at the plate, Ken Burkhardt, American League John Flaherty at first, the National League Tony Benzone at second, the American League Bobby Stewart at third base, on the left field line Bill Williams of the National League, and on the right field line Emmett Ashford of the American League. Game number one in the greatest sports classic of all, the 1970 World Series, and here is Jim Simpson. Thanks, Jack Thompson, and what a picture postcard it is. With that artificial turf, the green of the infield and outfield with only little portions of dirt around home plate, first plate, second base, third, and of course the pitching now. Gary Nolan. Stops to look around as the ball got away from Bobby Tolan in center field and Pete Rose, who were playing catch in the pregame warm-up. Tom Deep with the leadoff batter, hitting 272 throughout the regular season of switch hitters. And one of the best, if not the best, leadoff hitters in Baltimore history stepped in. And against the right-hander Gary Nolan, of course, Buford will bat left-handed. In the playoff series against Minnesota, Buford played the first two games, hit a home run, drove in three, and at a 429 playoff series average. Now Gary Nolan. Of Cincinnati, the right-hander, fastball already, and throws a breaking pitch on the first pitch. It's low ball on the future. On deck will be Paul Blair. Average game time, 55 degrees. Little or no wind. The sun is out. And this is a pick'em series. Nolan is ready with his second pitch, comes back with a fastball, and is low. It's 2-0 no, to Buford, the leadoff batter. Buford had a percentage of getting on base this year of better than 400, 416. Nolan ready and throws the fastball and popped up. Foul. Johnny Bench comes back near the screen, saves his eyes, looks, waits, has it for the first time. That will bring up Paul Blair with one out on the top of the first inning. Blair, hitting 267 on the year, has power, 18 on runs, 65 RBIs, and a check that it's going to be interesting to see Paul Blair play center field. He is a premier center fielder who plays in and goes back on this artificial turf. It might get a little bit rough to get started. Blair hit 077 in the playoff series, but what a job he did with his glove. Low and away, the first pitch from Nolan is ball one. Billy Hunter, the coach over third base today for the Orioles, George Schaller at first base. Youngster Gary Nolan. Big, tall, heavy right-hander. Fastball and goes to right by Blair. And it's one and one. On deck is Big Boob Powell. Buford leads it off. He fouled off the bench. Blair batting second. Al is third. Frank Robinson will be batting soon up against his former teammates, the Cincinnati Reds. Ray Nolan ready again. Curveball low. And it's two and one to Blair. Baltimore just had won 108 games this year. Cincinnati won 102. Baltimore won 40 one-run ball games, and that is an American League record. Nolan is ready. Fast ball and throws it right by Blair. And it's two two. Nolan likes to throw the chains and the off-speed breaking pitches, but of course his premier pitch is the fastball. As is Jim Palmer's, the pitcher for Baltimore. Palmer has even junked the slider. Fastball curve and says by junking the slider, he can get more on his fastball. But for the moment, it belongs to Gary Nolan, waiting for Bench's signal and is ready. Back with a 2 2 pitch and it's popped up to the infield. Back goes Woody Woodward at shortstop. In short center field, Nolan's right behind him. They collide, but Woodward has the ball, and there's two outs. 
And Drew Cow, the first left-hander to face Nolan today, aside from, of course, Buford, who is a right and left-hander, but the bona fide left-handed power of Baltimore is represented in this young man, Drew Cow, hitting at 297, 35 home runs, 114 RBIs, and the votes are already in for the Most Valuable Player Award, and there are those who say that this gentleman right here should get it. Drew Cow, as the Orioles go... So goes Ruth Powell, or vice versa. The shift is on. Helm comes over near first base. Low breaking pitch in on Powell. It's ball on. Willie Woodward is just a step or two. will make it about five or six steps to the right, the first base side of second base. Helms does not play as deeply for Powell as he does for Willie Stargell of the Pirates, where he backs up another 30 feet from where he is now, and he is off where the skin of the infield would be. If there were a skin in this artificially dressed stadium. What an old pitch is low, gets away from bench, rolls to the screen, and it's two over foul. Buford led it off by hitting a 2-0 pitch, fouling out the bench. Blair came right back, working the count to 2-2, and then hit a ball to short center, which is loved by Woody Woodward. So no score, two out, top of the first. From Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati. 2-0 pitch, strike, fastball on the inside corner. Now we want to say hello to all of you listening on American Forces Radio, which offers the 300 stations of that network, is reaching U.S. troops and Americans living overseas in almost every corner of the earth. Swing and a miss on a good high outside fastball. It's 2-2 to foul. Our radio coverage of the World Series today being heard live in Vietnam, Korea, Japan, Europe, the Caribbean, and the United States ships at sea. And in the Far East, they're being carried live and again rebroadcast later because of the time difference. They're being carried live and again rebroadcast later because of the time difference. Now with Tiana, the 2 2 count, and he's called out on a pitch on the inside corner. And Burkhardt of the National League makes the strikeout call. And young Gary Nolan gets him 1 2 3. So at the end of one half inning of play, ball or nothing with Cincinnati coming to bat. And now here's Chuck. This 1970 World Series marks the windup of a long, tough season. These players had to stay in shape for 162 grueling regular season contests and still be up for this series. It takes great conditioning to maintain that peak performance. Your car's engine has a similar problem. You expect peak performance from your car mile after mile, year after year, under all kinds of conditions. And that's why your engine needs the regular condition you now get from the new improved STP gasoline treatment. New improved STP gas treatment cleans your spark plugs better and cleans your carburetor better. New improved STP gas treatment actually cleans and tunes your engine as you drive. Keeps those harmful deposits of carbon from building up in the first place. So to keep your car's engine in shape every season of the year, have your service station add new improved STP gas treatment whenever you fill up. That's new improved STP gasoline treatment. You'll feel the difference. Well, Gary Nolan had little or no difficulty in the first inning and pitched as he did in the playoffs and just to handle the Orioles in one, two, three fashion. And now on the mound for Baltimore will be the, well, almost 25-year-old right-hander. As a matter of fact, he will celebrate his 25th birthday some five days from now. Jim Palmer for the Orioles. And the leadoff for the Cincinnati Reds, one of the most exciting players in all of baseball, Pete Rose. 
Pete Rose had 200 hits again during 1970, fifth time in his career, and five times in the last six years. The one year he did not reach the 200 mark, he was injured and missed a good portion of the game. Palmer ready and comes in with a fastball low to Rose, who is a switch hitter. Ball one. Pete hit 316 on the year. He was the defending champion in the batting race. Palmer ready again, quick worker, and this one is low again, just below the knees. It is 2 0 to Rose. Palmer the pitcher, Ellie Hendricks the catcher. Palmer comes back, ground ball. Belanger has it on two hops at shortstop. Guns the ball to first and is one out. Third pile the first baseman, Davey Johnson down at second. Mike Belanger at short. Brooks Robinson at third. All three won the Golden Glove for excellence in fielding last year. Tom Buford out in left field. Paul Blair in center. Frank Robinson in right. Bobby Tolan hitting 316. Tolan quite a hero in the playoffs when he either batted in or scored all of the runs in the 3 to 1 victory over the Pirates in the second game. Bobby led the National League and the Majors in stolen bases with 57. Swings at a breaking pitch. Strike one. Good power, 16 home runs, 80 RBI. Tolan came over with Wayne Granger in the trade for Beta Pinson before the beginning of last season. On the right back, working fast. Fastball is low at 1 and 1. Bobby has not hit below 300 since coming over from St. Louis. And he's got youth all in his favor. He is only 24 years old. Left-handed batter facing the right-handed Jim Palmer. Palmer throws and catches the outside corner with a fastball. It's one and two. As we said, Palmer either throws the fastball or a curve. He is discarded. There's a curve. Hits to right field. Robinson will have it down by him up against the fence. Tolan and hits great speed. Goes to second base and will hold there with a double. Tolan lines a curveball off the wall about 380 feet away on the first hop. And that's the first base runner of the day. And it brings up Tony Perez. 40 home runs, 149 RBIs. He had a home run against the Pirates in the recent playoff series and hits 333 against him. Perez is a right-handed batter, well over six feet tall, and better than 200 pounds. Cincinnati was shut out one time this year. Baltimore was only shut out six times. The Reds are threatening. Pass ball, right field. Robinson backing on the ball, not too deep. Near the warning track now, and back to the warning track. Colin Tag, Robinson throw, goes to the cutout man as Bobby Cullen. Goes to third base with two out and Johnny Bench coming to bat. Bench only has two hits in the playoff series with the Pirates. They both came in the important third game, and the first one quite naturally for John was a home run. Led the major leagues in homers with 45 and RBIs with 148 and batted 293, well over 300 since the All-Star break. Bench, the young catcher, and seeking the most valuable player award. Should he win it for the National League, he'll be the youngest in history to do it. Right-handed batter, Palmer back with the fastball, race over the head. It's one to nothing, Cincinnati. Over the head of this Robinson. Bench takes the third at first. Cincinnati goes in front. Bench swinging on the first pitch, finding a single over the head of Robinson at third base. And Bowen scores from third. Talk an awful lot about Johnny Bench, saying he could be a super football player, super basketball player, whatever he wanted. He is certainly a super baseball player. Here is Lee Bay, another home run hitter. Big curve, stays high, headed closer, came up to get it. All one. 
May, 34 home runs, 94 RBIs on the year. Moves well for a big man, saves first base. And the big red machine now leads what Sparky Anderson calls a big bad bird, one to nothing. Here's a drive to left field. All run off to Deuces. Then stopped with second. And with two off, the Reds now have runners at first and second. And Bernie Carvo coming to bat. The third hit in this inning of Jim Palmer, who struck out 12 last Monday while defeating Minnesota in the final game of the American League Championship, 6-1. And now, very quickly, Baltimore is going to do some talking with its pitcher, Jim Palmer. George Bamberger, the pitching coach, comes out. And down in the bullpen, Tom Phoebus begins to warm up for the Orioles. Rose grounded out on a 2-0 pitch to Belanger. Easy chance to trip up. Bobby Tolan hit a curveball on a run hop that went off the wall 380 feet away. Bradford's fly ball sent Frank Robinson back to the warning track. He caught it. Tolan tagged, went on to third. Johnny Bench hit the first pitch to score Tolan from third. It was 1-0, and Lee May followed with a single, sending Bench to second with two outs. Bernie Carbo, a rookie, hitting 310 with 21 home runs and 63 RBIs, and a fine candidate for rookie of the year, steps to that. And talking about the Orioles and talking about the Reds, you see why everybody's excited about this World Series. Both teams loaded with talent and the winning habit. Their ball dropped by Hendricks. It's a little high, and it's 1-0 to Carbo. Carbo left-hander facing the right-handed Jim Palmer. Palmer they call Mr. Cool. The youngest ever to win a World Series game at age 20. He bested Sandy Koufax in the second game of the 66 World Series. Back with the fastball on the outside corner for knees. It's strike one. One and one. Bench at second, May on at first, two down, one to nothing, Cincinnati. We're in the last of the first inning of the first game of the 1970 World Series in Cincinnati. Palmer pitching from the stretch, looking back at Bench. Comes back with a fastball, line drive to Robinson to end the inning. Sharply hit ball, but Brooks had it. One run on three hits, no errors, two left. And at the end of one, Cincinnati won, Baltimore nothing. Hey, but if you want to get in on a terrific deal, listen to this. You know the Gillette Technic Razor, the razor that gets to nubs? Well, here's the deal. Right now, when you buy the Gillette Techmatic Razor, America's top-selling razor, you get a can of Gillette Foamy Shave Cream with lemon lime, free. You get that? Foamy with lemon lime, free. So what are you waiting for? Get the Gillette Techmatic Razor now. A deal like this don't last forever. As one of America's major trade unions, the Retail Clerks International Association brings the benefits of democracy to the place of employment of more than 600,000 store workers with good wages and good working conditions. The Retail Clerks Union, believing in the democratic processes of government, urge all Americans to vote on November 3rd. This message from the Retail Store Employees Union in your community, started by the Retail Clerks International Association, Washington, D.C., 200 06. And at the end of the first inning of play, it's the Cincinnati Reds 1 and the Orioles nothing. Johnson, I've got a question for you. In every major league game that Jim Palmer has pitched, is it true that he either has it or he does not, or if he lasts past a couple of innings, he gets stronger? What's this pattern? Uh, I have seen this happen to Palmer. His, uh, the only tip-off that I have ever gotten on Palmer being in difficulty was really not from so much the base hit. When his pitches are high and he cannot get the ball down, then you can be reasonably sure that Palmer will be in for a very uncomfortable afternoon. I have not seen it yet. Well, here's the story. National League's most valuable player, American League's most valuable player, rookie of the year in the National League, long-time member of Cincinnati, Frank Robinson, has come home. 
Batting right-handed against Gary Nolan to lead off the second inning and takes Rowan away from Nolan, who looked as though he might have tripped coming off the mound at small one. One run on three hits, no errors for the Reds. They got their run in the first inning, driven in by Johnny Bench. No runs, no hits, no errors, and for that matter, no base runners for the Orioles as we lead off the second. Nola is back high. The ball is hit to left center field. Colton is over now, comes in, and almost runs into Bernie Carbo, and it is Carbo who makes the catch. That's the second time that Colton has come in, behind Woodward on one occasion, and now behind Carbo on another. Jim, that's one point we have not had a chance to check out with a lot of the ball players, but with a capacity crowd and a great deal of noise in the ballpark, it might be a little difficult for the outfielders and infielders to communicate and to hear each other on the call for the ball. We've seen it happen twice. Brooks Robinson, right-hander, takes Lone away from Gary Nolan, ball one. Robinson hit 276 on the regular year, was trying like mad to wind up at a season's average for his life of 281, but fell short. Did hit 18 home runs, 94 RBIs. Had a great playoff series. After the fastball, high is Nolan. It's 2-0 to Brooks Robinson. Brooks was 7 for 12 and hit 583 and scored three times in the American League Championships against Minnesota. A sunny day, temperature in the mid-50s. Nolan back with a fastball and it is fouled back to the screen by Brooks Robinson. It's 2-1. An expected crowd here today. Capacity, of course, they're sold out for today and tomorrow. 51,340. Baltimore, a veteran ball club with very few changes since last year when the Mets took them in five games. Cincinnati, a young ball club that hasn't been in the World Series since 1961 when they lost in five games to the New York Yankees. Baltimore's average age as a team about three and a half years older than Cincinnati. Baltimore nearly 30 years of age. Lower away again from Nolan, who again looks back at the pitching rubber as though he's having a little trouble. It's three and one, and this is the first time he's gone this far on any batter. Three balls, one strike, one to nothing, Cincinnati. At the top of the second. One out, Brooks Robinson, the batter, Nolan is back. Down ball, backhanded by Perez at third base, a long throw, blocked by Mays, two down. Nice play for Tony Perez at third base for several reasons. Number one, he is a converted first baseman. Number two, he's playing on artificial turf. And your reactions have to be super fast to be able to go over and backhand the ball that is hit down the line here on this kind of turf. Ellie Hendricks hits 242 during the year, broke his finger on September the 9th, came back toward the end of the season, and batted 400, playing in two games of the uh, championship playoff. Low from Nolan, ball one. Crowd quiet, but they had excitement in the first inning when Tolan doubled and Benson May followed with singles for the one nothing score. Hit on the fifth and fouled back over our heads. And it's strike one to Hendricks, one and one. Hendricks, a big, tall, rangy left-handed hitter who at one time led the Mexican League in home runs. He broke his finger, but if you check with Ellie, he has broken one of his legs, I forget whether it's right or left, three or four times. Playing all different sports. One ball, one strike to Hendricks. Two out, top of the second. The Reds leading a five score of one nothing. Gary Nolan, 22 years old, in a World Series game. One-one pitch is blown inside. It's two-one. Just thinking. Nine years ago, when the Reds were last in the World Series, Gary Nolan was 13 years old. Two balls, one strike. Nolan stays for his sign, has it from bench, and is back with a two-and-one pitch. It's fouled off the fifth, back to the screen again. It's two-two. Matter of fact, Milt Wilcox, who was the second pick 
in the free agent draft by the Reds back in 1968 and who pitched three shutout innings of effective ball. Looks terrific. A high throw like the Reds' other youngster, Don Gullis. Wilcox, believe it or not, for those of you who are in our era, age bracket, was born in 1950. But they were also saying back in 1966 that Jim Palmer was only 20 years old and he won a World Series game. 2 2 pitch inside with the fastball. It's 3 and 2. So Nolan went to 3 and 1 on Brooks Robinson before getting him on a backhanded stab by Perez at third. And now it's on all the way. 3 and 2 on Hendricks. Gary is ready. Ground ball foul taken by May and back at the first base coaching box. It's still three and two. And Nolan on that particular play looked very fast. He was almost the first base, breaking from the mound as May gloved the ball in foul territory. May at first, Helms at second, Woodward the shortstop, Perez at third, Carver and left, Coleman in center, Rose and right, bench behind the plate, and Gary Nolan ready again on a three-two pitch in the second inning. Pass ball hit off the fifth, hop straight up in the air, bench watches it as it will fall on the seats and back. Well, apparently caught and back to home plate. Earlier in the week, they expected rain. The rain came last night. The forecast for today, high near 60, and for tomorrow, a little bit warmer for both days, fair, with little wind. Ellie Hendricks steps in now. This will be the eighth pitch that Nolan has thrown to him in this second inning. Ball is thrown hard outside, and he hits it to the right side. May is in foul territory, off the bag at first base, and has it for the third out. No one's hit to earth, none left. In the middle of the second, Cincinnati leads Baltimore one to nothing. You impatient for the morning. And you must have something new. Nice up, Plymouth. Come and sing. There's a little bit of magic. Woody had original 
tallest boy of the Atlanta Braves has given stability to a fine infield. Dave Concepcion, a youngster, started the season at shortstop, a very hot hitter in the minor leagues. But Woodward's sure fielding took over as Concepcion also did not hit. Woody is not a big hitter, has only hit one home run in his major league career. Low from Palmer, ball one. Ted Kruzuski, who was in a 59 World Series, but with Chicago, not Cincinnati, coaching at first. Alex Grammis at third. Ground ball to left side. Brooks Robinson, couple steps to his right, throws high. And he's safe as Kyle Harper jumps for the ball. His foot was off the bag. And Woody Woodward is safe at first base. The high throw from Golden Glove winner, Brooks Robinson, draws an arrow. the Golden Glove ten times. But he has thrown high to first base and Woodward is safe. And now Gary Nolan is up there. Chuck told you a little bit about bunting here on this artificial turf. Unless you are an excellent punter, the bunt has almost been taken away. The ball reaches the infielder so quickly. But Nolan is up there and is throwing around the punt. It's the strike at the knees as he takes it. As Robinson is breaking in from third and Booth Powell from first. One out in the last of the second. Cincinnati leading one to nothing. On Tolan's double and Johnny Bench's single in the first inning. Terry Nolan steps out, looks down to Alex Grammis, who's coaching a third for the rest. On strike count, Nolan looks like he's going to swing, does, fouls it off to the right. Well, I can remember on Monday afternoon here when the Pittsburgh Pirates in the National League Championship playoff had men at first and second and none out. They sent up their pitcher, Bob Moose, to move him over with a bunt. He was unsuccessful. Pittsburgh never scored. And Cincinnati went on to win it by the score of 3-2. Two. two strikes to Gray Nolan. Armour looking back over his shoulder now checks the first base, and Woodward is back. Buddy makes his home in Tallahassee, Florida, graduate of Florida State. Now Nolan's going to box the box. Out in front of the plate, picked up by Brooks Robinson, has to go to first. The sacrifice is complete. As moving into second is Woody Woodward, and Pete Rose comes up. On a two-strike count, Nolan sacrificed Bunch to George. Woodward has reached on Brooks Robinson's edge, goes down to second, and Rose is running out in the first inning, comes up. And I'm sure you'll recall, in the tenth inning of the first National League playoff championship game, it was Pete Rose's single that broke the score of tie. Brooks Robinson, that was his first World Series error. That throw to Booth Powell in his 10th World Series game. Watches the pitch outside from Jim Palmer. This trouble here in the second inning, of course, is not of Palmer's doing. The error has him in a little bit of trouble. One of the counts of Pete, batting left-handed, quits at a 2-0 now as the ball is high and away. Rose worked the count with 2 0 back in the first inning and then grounded the Belanger at shortstop. On at second base, Woody Woodward. Rose hits right handed pitchers a lot better. This Palmer is pitched and it's fouled off into the seat. Spin lock. He is a quick hitter but prefers and is more successful to that again. Right handed pitcher. On deck is Bobby Tolan, who doubled in the first and scored on Bench's single for the only run of the ball game. Infield, deep, the outfield not too deep, and playing a little bit around.
and that's the All-Star Game. This year, the All-Star Game had something extra. The finals of the first annual official Major League Baseball pitch hitting throw competition, sponsored by Phillips 66. Eight boys, aged 9 through 12, had worked their way through local, district, and divisional competitions all the way to the All-Star Game. And I want to tell you, you've never seen youngsters as thrilled in all your life. They competed in the finals right on the field before the game, met the ball players, and just had the time of their lives. And you know, next year could be your son. Now think about that. So when spring rolls around, start getting a little father and son practice. And a your son in the second annual official Major League Baseball pitch hitting throw competition, sponsored by Phillips 66. You both could wind up at the All-Star game. Remember, at Phillips 66, it's performance that counts. This is Chuck Thompson along with Jim Simpson at Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati, Game 1 of the 1970 World Series, and they just announced the official paid attendance for Game Number 1 in Cincinnati. And if I caught the figures correctly, it's 51,531 paid. And at the end of two innings of play, the Reds won, the Orioles nothing, Cincinnati one run, three hit, and no errors, the Orioles no runs, no hit, and one error, throwing error to Brooks Robinson. As Gary Nolan has retired the Orioles in order through innings one and two. Jim? Dave Johnson to lead it off against Nolan in the top of the third. Johnson had a great playoff series hitting 264 with a couple of home runs. Fastball is high from Nolan, who keeps staring back at that rubber as he comes off with a little hit. And now does a little gardening. One and all to Johnson to be followed by Belanger and the pitcher Jim Palmer. Gary Nolan, the right-handed fastball is back, and the ball is hit high, and the short center field. Both Helms and Woodward goes out, and now Helms gives the the sign to Woodward that he's got it and takes it for the first out. So Gary Nolan has now retired seven in a row. And there have been high pop fouls to bench. There have been balls hit high to Woodward at short, to short left field, and this little pop to Helms in short center. So they have not been getting a good piece of the ball at all against Nolan. Here's Belanger who takes inside ball one from Nolan. Jim, normally that's a sign that the pitcher has a better than average fastball, wouldn't you agree? I would, and of course, Gary Nolan's got one of the best in the National League. Back with it, and Belanger is way behind as he simply blows it right by. Right one. One and one to Mark Belanger. Belanger is hitting a 217 on the year, but he closed very fast. He was below 200. at 333 in the playoff series against Minnesota. Another fastball called strike on the outside corner. One and two. One out. In the top of the third, one to nothing, Cincinnati. They scored in the first, got a double by Fulton and a single by Johnny Dent. Baltimore's only been shut out six times all year. Cincinnati won't be shut out today. They've only been shut out once all year. Belanger way out in front of a change-up and pulls a towel into the seat. Today behind the plate, Ken Burkhardt of the National League. Umpiring, John Ritzler of the National League down at first base. Tony Benson of the National League at second. Bob Stewart of the National League at third. Bill Williams of the National League in left. And in his first... World Series, and an athlete of the American League is in right. One ball, two strikes to Belanger. Nolan back to the fastball, and has him swinging. That's the second strikeout, the first he's got. An Orioles swinging. He has Powell looking to end the first inning. That'll bring up Jim Palmer, a better than average hitter for a pitcher. Hitting at 150, has three major league home runs, one of them this year, nine RBIs this year. Palmer, the workhorse of the Baltimore staff, with 305 innings six. Fastball at the knees, strike one from Nolan. When you consider that Gary is 22 and Jim Palmer will be 
five later this month, a couple of youngsters in which the first game of the World Series is entrusted. Another call strike on the fastball on the outside corner. It's on to the Palmer. But then again, Chuck Thompson, you know, I've got to remember that baseball is a young man's game. <laughs> you would bring that up. Nolan takes off one time for Ben. Or at least apparently does as he wags his head, comes back with a breaking pitch. Palmer doesn't go for it. It's blown away, ball one, one and two. 51,531 are the capacity, shooting capacity for baseball here at Riverfront Stadium, 51,340. Nolan ready with another curveball, and it's grounded to Helms at second base. We'll run the hand to flip to Lee May, and again, a one-two greeting for Gary Nolan. Nobody's reached base against him. We go to the last of the third, Cincinnati one, Baltimore, nothing. Walter Johnson had a pitch that they used to call the radio ball. They said you could hear it, but you couldn't see it. Well, if most men's hairdressings were that way, it wouldn't be so bad, but they're not. And I mean, not only can you see the grease they leave on your hair, but you can feel it. And that's why you'll like Vitality. It holds your hair in place without any grease. So if you want to look good naturally, don't get yourself. Use Vitality. That's Vitality. It's greaseful. And Jim Simpson, it would be hard to see Gary Nolan do any better. That's right, and in the last of the third, Nolan Perez and Ben will face Palmer. Good wages and good working conditions are a major objective of the Retail Clerks International Association, but as one of America's foremost trade unions, it assumes a further responsibility, a commitment to the support of democratic processes in government. Good government depends on citizens who care enough to use their right to vote. Vote on November 3rd. This message from the Retail Store Employees Union in your community. Charted by the Retail Clerks International Association, Washington, D.C., to 0006. Jim, I have a chance to remind uh, folks that every sport fan can share in America's Olympic effort. And here's how. You send a $5 check today to Olympic House, Box CB57, Park Avenue, New York, New York, 10016. And in return, you'll receive a colorful embroidered cloth patch commemorating the 1972 Olympic Winter Games to be held in Sapporo, Japan. As an Olympic contributor, you'll wear it proudly. Last of the third inning, Bobby Tolan at a curveball and bounced the double off the wall. He's up there again, and Palmer comes in with a fastball that is low and away. Palmer in trouble in the first, giving up a double to Tolan, a run-throwing single to Bench, another single to May. Was in trouble in the second when Woodward reached on an error. There's a strike, Tolan, it's one and one. But Jim has not been wild high. When he has missed the plate, most of the time he's been low. In fact, but this time is very wild high. And it's two and one. The Bobby Tillman. One to nothing to score in this first game of the 1970 World Series. Second game tomorrow. Schedule pitches Jim McLaughlin for Cincinnati. And Mike Cleary for Baltimore. Fastball is outside to Tillman. And it's three and one. And this is the first time Palmer has gone this far with the batter. He balls one strike to Tolan, the left-handed batter. Back with a fastball, and he fouls it back, swinging on the 3-1 pitch. It's 3-2. One run, three hits, no errors for the Reds. No runs, no hits, one error for the Orioles. Game two, of course, is here tomorrow. Monday is an off day. And then as many games as necessary, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday in Baltimore. And if more necessary, Friday's an off day. And Saturday, Sunday back here. Fastball outside, Tolan, the dangerous pace runner who leads... The majors in stolen bases has drawn the first walk of the ball game, and Tony Perez is the batter. Now we must 
keep an eye on Cohen, who already has walked five or six steps off at first base, calling time with Red Flurdy, the umpire there, just to check how that footing is at first base after the rain last night. Perez tried the right last time up, and after the catch, Cohen with minute second went on to third. Right-handed batter against right-handed Palmer. Low with a fastball, Palmer. It's one and zero. Perez, you must play deep four. 40 home runs. But look at the man behind him, Johnny Bench. 45 home runs. Now check the tilt of the first base, but he's back in time. Now Jim Palmer, although trailing only one to nothing, has been in mild trouble or serious trouble in each of the three innings. There goes Cullen. High handed take hit the ball out of the shot. Cullen base for Bobby Cullen.
Hayes takes out a Jim Palmer curveball and lined it over the fence in left field near the line for a two-run homer. And remember, as Ricardo steps in and takes the fastball outside, it was a curveball that Bobby Tolan hit for a double to right field. who lined the Brooks Robinson at third base to end the first inning. Now, Tolan doubled, and single him over in the first. Tolan walked, to second base. That's ball three now to Carbo, and Lee May hits the home run. I believe I said Perez. Lee May hits the home run. for the 2-1 pitch. High to right field. But Pete Rose taps 
Boston Club is always going to catch it, standing there, and has it for the first out of the fourth inning. Paul Blair, who popped to Woodward at second base, is the batter. Now, this ball game is not over by a long shot. If you would like a statistic, first game winners in World Series have won 39 times. First game losers have won 27 World Series. Now ready for the first pitch. And it's a curveball, and it goes right by the glove of Johnny Bench and rolls back to the screen. Broke off too soon, get in front, and to the right of the plate. Baltimore scored 10 times against Minnesota in the first game, 11 in the second, and 6 in the third, and they have not gotten a man on base in this one. That's far, swinging the miss. By Blair, it's 1-1. One one. Looking for their first base runner. The Big Red Machine, as they like to call themselves, their bats have been potent. Nolan, their pitcher, has been effective. Baltimore hasn't been able to score. And their pitching, of course, has given up three runs. Now back to the screen by Blair, and it's one and two. Nolan walks down off the mound. Sunny, sunny day in Cincinnati, Ohio, at the new Riverfront Stadium, where we were for the All-Star Game. Back in July. One of the three brand-new stadiums in the National League this year. The others at Pittsburgh, of course. And Connie Mack Stadium went out of existence. They'll have a new one there next year. Serve is low and away. Bench gloves it, and it's 2-2. To Paul Blair, one out. Top of the fourth inning. The Reds, three runs on four hits, including a two-run over by Lee May, no error. No runs, no hits, one error for Baltimore. Fastball fouled off to the right, and it'll make the seats out of play. The shadows here at Cincinnati have begun to creep in down in the right field corner. By later in the afternoon, this Riverfront Stadium shadows will remind you much of how it was in Yankee Stadium. And shadows became of prime importance and very much of a problem for all left fielders. 2-2 Two -two the count. Well, it picks on a curveball. A little dribbler having to be charged by Perez, and he'll have no play. And there's the first hit of the ball game as Blair beats it off. The Orioles have their first hit. A little dribbler down the third base line, and here's Drew Powell, who was caught looking at a third strike on a 2-2 count to end the first inning. Big, powerful left-handed batter. 35 home runs during the regular season. Average of 297, he drove in 114. The Orioles trying to come to light. Pass ball low to Powell from Gary Nolan. It's ball one. Nolan very cool and calm. I know that they call Baltimore's Jim Palmer Mr. Cool, Mr. Calm, and he's appeared so today despite his problems. But Gary Nolan retired 10 men in a row before he gave up a little dribbler for a base hit. Inside the Powell, ball two, two and oh. Kneeling on deck is Frank Robinson, one of the great competitors of baseball. Who was the most valuable player while playing with Cincinnati. Ball hit to left field, very deep. Over goes Cardo. Looks up, home run to the opposite field by Blue Powell, and it's three to two. Gary Nolan started the game with a 10-inning scoreless streak 
including going back to the regular season against the Dodgers. Then he had nine innings against the Pirates in the first playoff game with nobody scoring. He worked the first three and a third innings here with nobody reaching base. Paul Blair picked on a little curveball and dribbled it down the third base line and beat it out and Bruce Pal on a 2-0 pitch homered to the opposite field and it is three to two. And here's Frank Robinson who takes roll away with a fastball from Nolan. Ball one. Robinson flies to left. Short left. To lead off the second inning. His other time up. Well, Lee May's home run to left was my right-handed batter, of course, and pulled down that third base line and left field line. Whereas Big Groove Powell hit his to the opposite field. He's a left-handed batter. Oh, the all to right back. It's 3-2. Nolan with a high fastball, and it's 2-0 to Frank Robinson. And now Johnny Pence trots out to top to Gary Nolan. Three runs, four hits, no errors for the Reds. Two runs, two hits, both of them in this inning. One error for the Orioles. The error made no difference in the ballgame. Red scored in the first on a double right told him, a single by Pence, and then in the third on a walk by told him, a home run by Lee May. And now here in the fourth, Baltimore has scored on a single by Blair and a home run by Powell. Conference over, the pitch, and it's fouled back. It's 2 1 to Frank Robinson. Lee May at first base, Tommy Helms at second, Woody Wood with the shortstop, Tony Perez at third, Ernie Carver at left. Bobby Tillman in center, Pete Rose in right, Johnny Bentz the catcher, and Nolan the pitcher. Ready for the 2-1 count. Throws fastball, right field. Pete Rose only takes the step or two. Waves his glove, puts it up and has it for the second out of the Baltimore fourth. And that'll bring up Brooks Robinson. Now Robinson, a fine third baseman, had a fine play put on him by third baseman Tony Perez, his other time up. In the second inning, where he took a shot with his backhand along the line and then threw out Brooks. Right-handed batter facing right-handed Nolan. Third ball in the dirt in front of the plate. Bounces up, and Robinson himself retrieves it. Bounces it back to Ken Burkhart, who will keep it in play. One and all to Brooks Robinson. Now for the fourth inning, before 51,531, looking on at the first game of the 1970 World Series. Much talked about. A pick'em series. Fastball. Perez will have the honors again at third base. Goes so on to first and has Robinson. That's two-run score on two hits, including a home run by Blue Powell. No errors and none left. As we go to the last of the fourth, the score: Cincinnati three, Baltimore two. Yes, I've got a Chrysler Corporation car, and I'll tell you, when you appreciate torsion and suspension, is when you need positive control, which is all the time. Take a car across country. You hit all kinds of roads, curves, bumps. Uh, but to keep control. You don't seem to be in trouble.
One is the five and one quarter percent ninety day passbook savings account. Plus an extra bonus. S and H Green Stamp. One stamp for every dollar saved in any equitable savings account. Get your extra bonus when you save at Equitable Savings. We zero off in the Cincinnati fourth and take call strike one from Jim Palmer. This is Jim Vincent with Scott Thompson of Cincinnati. Right back with the fastball is inside. Helms leans away from it. It's one and one. Well, this has been a rather explosive ball game. Five runs have scored. Four of those on home runs. Thomas pitches in the dirt, and it's two on. The big red machine, and as Sparky Anderson, the manager of Cincinnati, calls him, the big bad birds are locked up in the first game of the World Series. Jim Palmer ready. High and inside to Helm. And the count goes to three and one to Tommy Helm. Helm's had a lifetime average of 281. It's 237 this year, but has been the kind of man that Cincinnati's attack needs. Strike on the outside corner from Palmer. Three and two. In that Tommy is a batter that can move the runners along and is quite willing to give himself up to move them along. 3 2 pitch. Hit out into center field. Paul Blair trots back toward left center and has it for the first out of the fourth inning. Battling up Woody Woodward. The reach when he grounded to Brooks Robinson, who threw high, pulling Brew Powell off the bag. That was back in the second inning. The sacrifice along the second by Gary Nolan, but the inning ended when he grows roundabout. Woodward, right-handed all the way, has experimented with quick hitting, but not in the game. Takes inside from Palmer. Ball one. Woody, as we said, has hit his first major league home run this 1970 season. Palmer fast worker right back with the fastball, and it's fouled to the screen by Woodward. It's one and one. They don't play Woodward too deep. And nearly straight away, perhaps pulled a little bit around toward right. Palmer ready for the one-one pick. High in the air on the right side. Brew Powell comes off the bag in foul territory and has it for the second out of the fourth. And after a rough start, Palmer settled down in the second inning, had a difficult third inning when he gave up a two-run homer to Lee May, and now is having an effective fourth inning. Here is Gary Nolan. Successful sacrifice back in the second inning. He leads it three to two. And when the last of the fourth, Palmer ready, and this ball slips out of his hand and does not even come toward the plate. It is halfway down the third base line. Obviously, Jim was going to throw a breaking pitch, and obviously, it simply slipped out of his hand. Well, Ken Burkhart, as Palmer asked for, throws him another baseball. Well, Jim, when he was down in the minor league, with a sore shoulder, said that at midfield, they used to use him as a first base coach because he was a celebrity having one in the World Series, said it was embarrassing. I don't know if Jim's embarrassed about that pitch or not, but it's simply a ball that got away from him. He was just uh, in that comment about Pittsfield, Jim, he was needling his teammate, Mark Belanger, the shortstop, who is uh, uh, from Pittsfield. Ball one is the count on the scoreboard, and Earl Weaver is talking to a plate umpire, Ken Burkhardt, as to determine whether or not it should be, uh, if it is going to be, a call ball one, or whether it be ruled just as no pitch, if he had dropped the ball. And uh, this would be judgment on the part of uh, umpire Ken Burkhardt, and it's obviously, no matter one ball counted on the scoreboard, he felt that Palmer had come through with the arm. But, as is uh, permissible, uh, Weaver is objecting to this, and we now will have a conference between the plate umpire, Ken Burkhardt, of the National League, 
And the American League umpire, John Flaherty, at first base, and they will decide whether the ball one count will stay or whether they'll wipe it out as no pitch. And that's where we stand. Well, if you're wondering why it would not be a pitch, it is ball one, rules Ken Bocard, after checking with John Ray Flaherty down the first base. We maintain that as Palmer rocks back into his motion with his hand, the back of his hand toward the plate, it simply stood off the back of his hand and came up over his shoulder. But it was disallowed, and it's 1-0 to Gary Nolan. This ball backs him out of there, and it's 2-0. Well, Earl Weaver has had many conversations with umpires along the way. Nolan is back with the fast, or rather, Palmer is back with the fastball to Nolan. For a strike, it's 2-1. And, and then last year, of course, he set Penn's on a record, but he threw him out of the World Series game. Another ball thrown high by Palmer, who I know is a fast worker, Chuck, but he is just simply getting the ball and firing it right back to Hendricks. Now he had to take some time out. As Nolan steps out, he's ready and throws, and there's a ball laid foul to right. And it's 3-2. and two. Jim, that's about uh, Palmer's normal pace. He is a, quite a rapid worker. As a matter of fact, almost all of the Orioles starters are very rapid. Jim is ready on a 3-2 pitch to Nolan. Ball is hit to center field. Paul Blair has to go back, but not too far, and off to his left and right center field, and has it for the third out. So Palmer has a good inning. A run hits the errors, and none left. We've gone four complete now. Cincinnati leads Baltimore 3-2. to two. Hey, man. You know the stuff on top of your head? I'm talking about your hair. You know, it looks real great, except when you put the wrong things on it. Like oil, like water, like grease. Yeah, there's got to be a better way. And there is. The people at Gillette have a new thing called the dry look. The dry look. It comes in a can. Aerosol, that is. Nice and thin, natural and looking dry. Hey, and guess what else? On top of that can is a valve. Like a very special valve. Let's just get just the right degree of dry control you want. Light or medium or heavy. But you know what? Your hair will still look full and clean and natural. And dry. Only the dry look from Gillette gives you three degrees of dry control. Yeah, the wet head is dead. Long live the dry look. Long live the dry look. Long live the dry look. Get the facts on drug abuse. If your child is school-age, you'd better start doing your drug homework. You'll find a simplified cram course on drug abuse in the Federal Source Book, Answers to the Most Frequently Asked Questions About Drug Abuse. For your free copy, write to National Clearinghouse for Drug Abuse Information. Box 1080, Washington, D.C., 20013. Do your drug homework before you talk with your kids. Jim? Chuck, in watching Gary Nolan, there's a little slow coming out after being the last man to bat, and he's now taking his warm-ups. I know that you were pulling the Baltimore Orioles, who have been here for several days working on this artificial turf, and I know that they have the new shoes. Did you get any idea of how many are wearing the new shoes, and who is not, and for what reason? Well, to the best of my knowledge, I think the, the majority of the Orioles are wearing the standard spike baseball shoe, but I have noticed that center fielder Paul Blair and left fielder John Buford are using the new soccer style, not the ripple sole, but the soccer style baseball shoe. And uh, most of the Reds will use the soccer style baseball shoe, but not after the artificial turf has gotten wet. And we had quite a rain last night, and the outfield portion is still rather damp, and it appears they're wearing the normal baseball spike. Top of the fifth inning, Ellie Hendricks up and hits the first pitch. Deep to right field, back goes Rose. 
Lifts up. Home run, and we've got a tie ball game. Three to three. Allie Hendricks hits the first pitch. Deep to right field. And you can tell we're in Cincinnati by the almost absolute quiet of the Red fans as they've seen a three-to-nothing lead dissipated. First on a two-run home run by Blue Powell to the opposite field, and this one pulled to right by Ellie Hendricks to lead off the top of the fifth. It is three to three, and Dave Johnson the batter. Strike with a fastball from Nolan at the knee. Oh. Baltimore has hit three runs on three hits, two of them homers, one error. The Reds, three runs, four hits, one of them a homer, and no error. Low to Johnson, it's one and one. Gary Nolan, big, tall right-hander in the red and white of the Cincinnati home uniforms, back and low and away. And again, we've been saying it all along, he keeps staring back at that rubber. Now, this... Of course, is Gary's home ballpark, and he's been most effective here. Pitched here many times, but nevertheless, seems to be having trouble on the pitching now. Two and one, the count, fastball, foul off to the right. It's two-two. Well, this ball game started off like it was Cincinnati. Back in the first inning, Tolan doubled with single run by Banks. They added a couple of more in the third inning. On a walk by Tolan, a home run by Lee May, but Bruce Powell's two-run homer in the fourth. Allie Hendricks' home run here to lead off the fifth is tied it at 3 3. Both starting to Cecilia. Fastball. Line foul down the right field line. Still 2 2 to Dave Johnson. Johnson popped the helm to second to lead off the third. Has two home runs in the playoff series. Baltimore is working on a 14 game winning streak. Last 11 of the regular season, three in the playoffs. Breaking pitch foul back off the bat of Johnson. And it is still 2 2. Temperature has gone up. It was expected to get near 60 degrees this afternoon. As Chet said, it did rain last night, and there were high winds yesterday afternoon. But very little wind here this afternoon, and none predicted tomorrow, and an even milder day. To do, Gary Nolan is ready. Fastball fouled off again. The third straight time since the count has been 2 2 that Davey Johnson has fouled away a pitch. Sign from bench comes back with a fastball and he has fouled it back to the screen. Two balls, two strikes. Hendricks really pulled that home run to right field, no doubt about it. From the time it left his bat, Pete Rose trotted over a couple of steps and then stopped and watched it disappear into the blue seat. Back with the pitch, low and away, and now Davy Johnson is trying to three balls, two strikes. It's Aaron Olin. Kneeling on deck is Jim Palmer, who was down 3 to nothing and is now tied with his pitching rival, Nolan, at 3-3. Swing and a miss. As Nolan picked something off his fastball then, and the chain got Johnson out in front of him. Third strikeout for Gary Nolan, and here is Mark Belanger. Ian Palmer staring back at each other. Palmer has his jacket on, and Belanger, of course, has now stepped in. He struck out. In the third inning, swinging. Takes low and in the dirt. Gary Nolan. Melanges, we said, hit 333 in the playoff series. What a defensive shortstop this man is. I'm sure Chuck can tell you many stories of many plays that he has seen. Pass ball, it's foul back. It's one and one. 
John primarily with his fastball in this inning, but he got Johnson striking out with the change. We're in the top of the fifth. Three runs, four hits, no errors for the Reds. Three runs, three hits, one error for Baltimore. One out, low and away with the pitch, and it's two and one to Belanger. The only activity we have had in either bullpen has been in Baltimore's on two occasions. Tom Phoebus has been up and throwing. Here's a 2 1 pitch, and it's foul. Off the chest protector of Johnny Bench, it's 2 2. First game of the 1970 World Series from Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio. And we'll be here again tomorrow afternoon at the same time. Back again, right down the middle, and Belanger stares at a third called strike. Fourth strikeout for Gary Nolan, and the second for Mark Belanger, and here is Jim Thomas, who's down to the helm at second base, his only other time up, in the third inning. Woody Woodward pounded in, said something to Gary Nolan, and now goes back to his position at shortstop. Palmer was second in the American League in earned on average, 2.71 this year. Second last year also. Nolan throws, it's low, and it's ball one. Cuellar and McNally worked slightly under 300 innings. Jim Palmer was the workhorse, 305 innings. Tries to bunt his way on, the ball is rolling, and goes foul at third base, where Perez picks it up. And Palmer will come back, one and one. Jim was born in New York City, grew up in Los Angeles, and went to school in Scottsdale, Arizona, where he was all everything, football, basketball, baseball. Will be 25 later on this month. Back to hit again and picks on a curveball and fouls it off, and Buford in the on-deck circle takes his bat and stops the ball before it makes it to the Baltimore dugout. It's one ball, two strikes. Three to three. Ball game almost half over. And no telling who's going to win this thing, low and away, as it's 2-2. Look, it's just like they said. This was a slight favorite for Cincinnati. Then just before the game, somebody said, no, Baltimore's the favorite. Then they want to say, pick them. And we got a three to three tie ball game at a half over. As... Jim Palmer swings and misses, striking out, and after giving up the home run to Ellie Hendricks, Gary Nolan struck out the side. One run on the home run. That's the only hit. No errors, none left. As we go to the last of the fifth, it's a tie ball game. Cincinnati and Baltimore, three apiece. We are back at Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio, where the score is three to three. This is Jim Simpson. As we go to the last of the fifth inning and the top of the batting order, Pete Rose, for the second half of today's game, the voice of the Baltimore Orioles, Chuck Thompson. Thank you, Jim. Here is Palmer's first offering, a butt attempt by Rose. He ran up on the pitch as if he was going to butt and uh, missed, and the strike is called. One strike to Rose. He has faced Palmer twice, bounced out to the shortstop both times. Switch hitter and a left-handed batter to the right-hand offerings of Palmer. Now, the infield a little bit to the first base side as the next offering is cut out and fouled out of play behind the plate. And apparently it hit, uh, it hit Rose, and Rose has gone to first base. Or the catcher's interference, that's exactly what the call is. Now, catcher's interference on the part of Hendricks on the swing and the foul ball out of play. 
Hendricks apparently interfered with the swing, and uh, we were marking the scorecard, and suddenly looked up, and there was Rose on his way to first base. So it's catcher's interference. Not a sign of that for Rose. And he reaches on the interference. And that'll bring in Bob Tolan. He has doubled in the alley and right center and walk, had a score two of the Cincinnati three runs, and down to the bullpen goes the youngster, 40-year-old reliever Dick Hall for the Orioles. The lead at first by Rose, the set in the pitch by Palmer. Out over the outside corner, the strike is called. The Oriole infield now shortens up, of course, a little bit in double play depth. Powell is holding with a base runner Rose at first base. The outfield cut to right and deep to Tolan. The pitch, swinging a foul out of play. 0-2, the count to center field of Bobby Tolan. One of the things the Orioles hoped they would be able to do against Cincinnati would be to keep Pete Rose and Tolan off the bases. Well, they have not been able to keep Tolan off the bases this afternoon, and Rose is now at first base. The two-strike pitch to Tolan. Fouled away again off the third base side, and the count holds. seen some rather unusual baseball in the first game of the World Series, an error charged to Brooks Robinson, his first World Series error, and now catcher's interference, charged to Hendricks. Two strikes hit down the way of high on the count, one ball, two strikes. Two of the left hand swinging, headed beautiful for the Cincinnati Reds, Bobby Tolan. Dick Paul, right-handed reliever, is throwing in the Oriole bullpen. 40 years old. The set by Powell and a quick throw to first. Rose is back without any tag effort in the part of Powell. Brooks Robinson third, Belanger short, Johnson at second, Powell at first base. Buford left, Blair and center, and Frank Robinson at right, the one-two pitch. High fly ball, hit towards center field. Blair is coming up on it. Should be a routine catch, settling under. He's got it for the first out of the inning. Tolan gone on the fly ball to center field, and that's the first time this afternoon that Tolan has not reached. Here now is Tony Perez in two trips. Against Palmer, with big, strong, free swinging right-handed batsman in the sky to the right field of Frank Robinson. And the overall outfield now is cut well around toward left field and very deep. The infield is swung over to the third base side as Palmer goes to first base. No play on Rose. Open the inning, reaching on catcher's interference. And you'll charge Hendricks with an error on that catcher's interference. High fly ball, deep cutter, Blair going back, cutting up under it now, backpedaling to make the grab. Blair catches, Rose takes the start to second base and then backs off. So Perez is gone on a fly ball to deep cutter field. Rose holds first base with two down. And now here is the young man that, quite honestly, I have been more than a little bit anxious to see. I have never had the opportunity to watch the young man in person. I have seen him on television naturally. He singled in the first inning to knock in the first red leg run. He popped to the second baseman in the third. Palmer sits. High pop-up. It is foul behind the plate. Maybe Hendricks will have the room. Setting up under it. Hendricks is looking. Makes the pass for the final out of the inning. And at the end of five complete now, it's Baltimore three and Cincinnati three. Well, it's true the retail credit union helps its more than 600,000 members obtain good wages and good working conditions. The heart of the union concept is that an organized group of people is more effective than one person striving for the same purpose. That principle of democracy in action applies to our government, with a significant manifestation being the right to vote. Vote on Election Day. This message from the Retail Store Employees Union in your community, charted by the Retail Clerk International Association, Washington, D.C., 2006. <laughs> Exactly what we expected here, a deadlock between the Reds and the Orioles, 3-3. Three, three. 
cycling tonight introduced the famous Brookside March, nobody dreamed of the advances to common shaving comfort. Stainless steel, super stainless, and now platinum. Today, Gillette uses a platinum alloy to smooth the edge of Gillette platinum plus flip. A smoother edge means smoother shape. with even more comfort. Learn what it feels like to shave with Gillette best play. Gillette platinum plus. Double edge, four injections. Crown in your race today.
right-hander throwing in the Cincinnati bullpen, Milt Wilcox, and the pitch coming to play about a top-up foul behind the plate, but it won't stay in the air long enough to give Kent any sort of a play. Just a foul strike on the foul attempt by Paul Blair. Milt Wilcox, uh, just as warming up, had three great innings against Pittsburgh in that uh, third game of an actually championship playoff and was declared the winner. He's the one that's only party born in Hawaii. Only 20. Now the two strike pitch to Blair. Buford leads first, but set by Nolan the pitch. Boom, and he struck him out. Blair goes down swing, number six, and that looks like a fine breaking pitch from up here. One out on the inning and out. Here's Drew Powell, who looked at a third strike in the first inning and then hammered a home run over the barrier in the left field corner. Not at all unusual for Powell. He hit many home runs to left center to left field. It has been said that when he is hitting the ball well, he will hit to left field. Hubert with one down is leading first base, and Nolan is ready to work to Boog Powell. The first pitch outside, ball one to Boog. Without a base runner, the uh, Indians, uh, or rather the Reds against uh, uh, Powell, will put on a three-man overship, three-man between first and second base, with a runner, Buford at first base. Now shortstop Woodward is near the bag at second, but still on the third base side. And the one nothing pitch to Powell. Inside the corner for the first base. Pitch was inside, and uh, Powell got out of the way, and what a throw from Johnny Bench that almost kept you. Well, I was just about to say that you wanted to see Johnny Bench, you just struck him. Wow. That, if that's the way Mr. Bench can throw, it would be kind of foolhardy, I think, to try and steal on him. That was a tremendous throw from the right. Right on the mark at first base. You could just get that. Ground ball hit first base way. Finds it up. I made it first base and called it second to one. Back to first. Here's up the double play. It goes from the first base and to the short shot. Back to first base for the double play. It ends the only way half of the sixth inning. Three, six, three if you're scoring. And at the end of five and a half, Baltimore three, Cincinnati three. What gets the team to the world series? Performance. Performance that shows up game after game. And tough situations that make the difference between winning I'm losing, and it's like that in automobile racing, too. And the name of the performer that comes through race after race is STP Oil System. STP Oil System means championship performance for race cars, and for family cars, too, because STP works in all engines to cut the heat, friction, and wear that can put your car on the sidelines with expensive repairs. STP clings to vital engine parts, lubricates better than ordinary motor oil alone, helps keep your car running smoother, quieter, longer. That's the kind of championship performance you can appreciate every day. And now that winter's coming, you should remember that STP gives you the extra edge your car needs to stop faster on cold mornings. So the first time you need oil, or the next time you change oil, have your service station add STP oil treatment. STP is the racer's edge. We pause 30 seconds for station identification. KGW Fulton, saving money is a little like baseball. Coming out on top requires a winning combination. For savers, equitable savings has that combination. High earnings, including the 5 and one quarter percent 90-day passbook savings account, plus an extra bonus, S&H Green Stamp. One stamp for every dollar saved in any equitable savings account, up to 1,000 stamps per deposit. Get your extra bonus now, when you save, at Equitable Savings. Back in Cincinnati, Jim Simpson with Chuck Thompson. 
as we go now for the last of the sixth inning in this three to three ball game of the first game of the 1970 World Series. And if you're just joining us, I'm sorry if you're just joining us because you have really missed something. The score is three to three. The lead was taken in the first inning by Cincinnati when Poland doubled off the wall. Johnny Bench singled in Hall. In the third inning, Cincinnati made it three to nothing on Poland's walk and a two-one home run by Lee May. But then Baltimore went to work. Albrow became the first base runner, beating out a hit down the third baseline, and Drew Powell followed with a two-run homer in the fourth inning. In the fifth inning, Ellie Hendricks led off with a home run on the first pitch he saw to tie at 3-3. And that's where we are right now. And here's the shot-off the last of the six of Lee May, who is singled, and hit a two-run home run. It'll be Lee May, Bernie Carball, and Tommy Helms in that order. And Palmer first off into the right hand swing. May is over the inside portion of the letters, and the strike is called. Hendricks pumps up the sign. Palmer's second offering to May. 2 0 in crime, one ball, one strike. There's Gary Nolan has yet to give up a walk and has struck out six. Palmer is yet looking for that first strikeout. Long foul ball down the left side, and I mean long. Up in the, uh, well, I guess you call it the powerful method. I'm not certain of the terminology here in this ballpark, but there looks to be one mezzanine and a second mezzanine, which I think they call the plaza, and that's where that power ball came down. Palmer already with a one-two pitch to Lee May. The big popper, they call him, and no wonder. Palmer throws, he's much too high. Here's two now to May. Ended in the first inning and ran the home run over the wall in the left field corner in the third. That gave Cincinnati at that time a three-to-nothing lead. A Powell home run in the fourth made it three-to-two, and Hendricks solo blast in the fifth tied at three-three. We're now on the bottom of the sixth. The two-two to May. In ground ball, third base side. Dick Robinson's got a throwing some foul down toward first base. It is in time. And the golden glove artistry of Dick Robinson was never more apparent than on that last play. A ground ball over the bag of third. Brooks got to it in foul ground. And it seems he was throwing from about three or four steps in foul ground, bounced the throw to Powell, and the outcall was forthcoming at first base, and one of the game's outstanding defensive plays turned in by Oriole third baseman Brooks Robinson. Well, that was a dandy. Now Bernie Carbo, he lined the Brooks at third in the first inning and drew a walk in the third inning. Left-handed batsman, Palmer six, high, four one. Having pitched to Carbo, strike call over the outer portion around the knees. The ball on the strike to Bernie. You have to wonder, in, uh, thinking about Bernie Carbo as the rookie, the 1-1 one -one offering to Bernie. Low with a curveball, 2-1. And one. his thoughts were on the way to the ballpark this morning. And I imagine he was very happy to get that first at-bat behind him in the first inning. The 2-1, high and away. Carbo now with a count of three balls, one strike to Jim Palmer, one out, nobody on, bottom of the sixth inning, the Orioles three and Cincinnati three. Capacity crowd of 51,531 and a beautiful day. 3-1 pitch. High foul ball going to be out of play off the third base side. Still the count, three and two. Field is cut a bit to the first base side against Carbo, but center field of Blair toward the alley and left center pitch. Curveball outside and a walk. And that for Palmer will be his third walk of the ball game. A one-out walk to Carbo, and that brings in Tommy Helms, who has 
after the, uh, to the third baseman and fly to the center fielder in two previous turns. And what a play, you speak of defensive plays, what a play this fellow made on Dave Cash in the playoffs against the Pirates. The pitch to right, there goes the runner, the pitch is hung on a line drive, base hit in the center field, way over the field, the ball is Carbo is around second, headed to third, and on a hit and run, with Carbo moving, Helms had a jammer that was inside on him and still got enough of it, so Rick looped it through the middle into center field for a solid base hit, and the Reds have runners on the corner, first and third with one away, and Woody Woodward to do better. But it will be, instead of Woodward, high climb. Klein is down on the on-deck circle, pulling a couple of hats. Helms is singled, sending Carbo to third. And we're going to get an announcement now on the pinch hitter, Ty Klein. Ty Klein during the regular season at 277, and in the playoff games, well, he wasn't up much. He was up twice, officially once. The first time in the first game, where the score ties nothing-nothing, in the tenth inning, he led off with a triple and scored the winning run. And then in the third game, he came up as a pinch hitter and walked. And also scored. So he is two for two in the run department in playoff series. So now he is batting here in the last of the six. Cincinnati runners. Carbo at third base. Helms at first base. One out in the inning. We're in the last half of the six. Score tied. Three, three. Pinch hitter Klein. Left-handed batsman against Palmer. Wait. The best to pitch to Klein. Two high ball one. the Oreo bullpen, Mo Drabowski, a right-hander, and Marcelino Lopez, a left-hander, are getting ready, and we're going to check that Cincinnati bullpen for you momentarily. Right now, with a count of ball, and no strikes for the pinch hitter, Ty Klein. Palmer, ready to go. The pitch on the way. Swing and a miss. A ball and a strike to Klein. That is Darrell Kenny, who will come in for defensive purposes. One of the men warming up, and the other man warming up, of course, is Milt Wilcox. Now, there's been a history of uh, Jerry Nolan of not completing games, and so it might be number one that Sparky Anderson will go for the beginning, and number two, he just automatically gets someone ready in the late game. Now, the one one offering to the pinch hitter Klein. Palmer deals fouled away out of play off the third base side, a ball and two strikes. That is the trademark of the Cincinnati Ball Club, however, the fact that pitchers have not completed the uh, too many games. It's certainly not a negative point. It is rather a positive point and a tribute to the outstanding bullpen of Cincinnati. So their starters can come out and go with everything they've got as long as they can and know that they've got plenty of help in the bullpen. Now the one-two to Ty Klein. Carbo third, Helms at first, one out. The set by Palmer. The pitch is on the way. A little high. Two and two now. You hear that ooh from the crowd. It was that kind of a tip. Just a little bit off the mark. Two strikes. The count for the pinch hitter, Klein, batting for Woodward here in the bottom of the six. The set by Palmer. Here comes the 2-2. Curveball, playing the ground ball, and it's going to be fair. Palmer waits for the hop, and now Hendricks makes the grab, and times the runner coming to the plate. It was the Baltimore soccer. It hit right in front of the plate, and then went straight up in the air. Hendricks was powerless to do anything but wait for it. Carbo broke for the plate. Hendricks made the grab, fell on top of Carbo with a tag for the second out of the inning, and we have a beat from uh, Cincinnati manager, Marky Anderson. The ball was swung on and hit right down in front of the plate in fair ground. It took a great big high hop. Hendricks could do nothing but wait for it. And uh, after he caught the 
the way of the runner and blocking home plate, forcing Carbo to slide around it. In any case, the run does not count, and they're two out. And they've just thrown some pals on the field from the Cincinnati dugout. Here's a swing and a foul out of play off the bat of pitcher Gary Nolan. He is batting for himself. Well, the first beat of the 1970 series put up on a plate there play uh, by uh, manager Sparky Anderson. But the out call came up from Ken Burkhart, and it's still a 3 3 ball game with two out runners at first and second. And the one strike pitch is swung on a net two strikes now to Nolan. To the count to right hand batting Nolan. Runners leading first and second base two away. Pitch, high fly ball center field. In range of center field of Paul Blair. Trotting toward the alley in right center. He's got it for the final out, and the Cincinnati threat dies. At the end of six innings of play, the score, Baltimore three, Cincinnati three. You can Lee May is calling for it, and 
the red the first baseman wraps it up for the first out of the inning. One down, Frank Robinson on a pop up the first baseman made. And now Brooks Robinson, he's faced more than twice this afternoon, both times, rounding out to the third baseman, Tony Perez. The Reds infielder set up just about straight away to Brooks Robinson as Nolan brings the arm down with the first offering. Strike right at the knees. Nolan set a fielder a bit toward the alley in left center, but not much, but well over toward the alley in right center, however, is Pete Rose. And now we see Perez moving over, over closer to the line to guard it down the third baseway. Sits to Brooks. Long fly ball, fairly deep to left field. Back goes Carver, back on the warning track, right at the plate. He looks, it's gone. Brooks Robinson has homered to break the 3 3 tie. And Carvo played the ball as if he had a play every step of the way. Went right to the wall and then was powerless to do any more than watch it straight over the barrier and the home run back to the Orioles now with Baltimore in front four to three. A one-out solo home run by Brooks Robinson. And Baltimore is on top for the first time today. And here is Elrod Hendricks, the left-hand hitting Oriole catcher. A ball one is low to Elrod. As Jim mentioned, this fellow is extremely tall and very, very slender for a catcher. And that occasions his nickname, Beat. Swinging another long drive, even the right field corner if it stays fair, but it is a hooking foul ball. A foul ball. Plenty deep enough for the home run, but quite foul. Well, for National League fans, they know, of course, Jeff, that the Cincinnati Reds is called a big red machine. But the fact is that Baltimore scored more runs than anybody else in the American League, 792, and more runs than Cincinnati with its 775, which was good for a third in the National League. Mr. Elrod, swing and a miss, and the cop out ball and two strikes. And again, activity in the Cincinnati bullpen. That's Clay Carroll. One of the veterans, along with Doug uh, Ranger and Gullet, of course. And that usually means trouble for whoever Cincinnati is playing. Carroll has been just magnificent in the red bullpen this year. Hendricks is taking a breather. When he swings and misses, it has a tendency to bother the right hand uh, where he has a hairline fracture of a finger, plus a little soreness in that right shoulder. So he just stepped out and took a, a good uh, reset, I guess. One ball, two strikes to Hendricks with this. Swing and a miss, he struck him out. Good bacon pitch right down at the knees. And Nolan now notches strikeout number seven. Two out in the inning. Nobody on, and Dave Johnson headed for the plate. Oriole second baseman has popped the second and struck out in the fifth inning. Nolan's strikeout pitch has been a dandy today. After a leadoff home run to Hendricks in the fifth, he then struck out the side, Johnson, Belanger, and Palmer. The first pitch to Johnson. Passed and low, ball one. Two out, a run in, a Brooks-Robinson home run. Nolan ready once more. one nothing to Dave Johnson. A good fastball caught the inside corner, but he's one and one. Well, the home run that broke the 3 3 tie is the second for Brooks Robinson in World Series. A ball is low, 2 and 1 now to Dave Johnson. In his very first at bat in the 1966 World Series, Brooks Robinson homered. Got a two balls and a strike to Johnson. Nolan hits and fires. Low ball three. Three and one now. Gary has not given up a walk. He's gone to a couple of full counts. One to Hendricks in the second inning. Another one to Johnson in the fifth. And he's got another 
and he had full count of Buford in the sixth inning, and now he has a three-one count here today, Johnson, the pitch. Low ball four, and here's the first free ticket given up by the Red Carter this afternoon. A two-out walk. Today, Johnson brings in Mark Palander, and he's been victimized by the hard-throwing Gary Nolan, both trips to the plate. A swinging strike out in the third, and a looking strike in the fifth inning. So Palander is 0 for 2. making Nolan wait just a little bit. Johnson, the runner, first base. Lee May moves in to take the bag with the runner in time call as manager Sparky Anderson heads for the mound, and as he headed for the mound, he also points to the right field corner, and that's the uh, bullpen area for the Cincinnati Reds, and from out of the bullpen, here come a new Cincinnati hitter, and Gary Nolan is being lifted right around. We are now in the top half of the seventh inning. Baltimore four and the Cincinnati Reds three. Baltimore four runs five with three errors. The Reds three runs five with no errors. A great hand for Gary Nolan as he leads. And he's going to lead the game again. And he has 37 for safety. Now going to be this. Foul ball over the screen and out of play. 
Harris hit Dave Johnson. Harrell picking the lead for the starter. Gary Nolan, he went six and two-third innings. Five hits, a walk, seven strikeouts, charged with four runs, and Johnson at first is also his responsibility. Two-two to Bonanza. High foul ball off the third base side, and it may be out of play. It is out of play. So the count rides along. At two balls, two strikes. against McLaughlin in game number two from Riverfront Stadium tomorrow afternoon on NBC. And now we're all Clay Carroll, about ready to go. This is 2-2 offering to Blanger again with Johnson at first. Next wing line drive, it is a foul ball, foul ball, just over the head of the leaping first base from May. Slice and foul. Belanger not swinging, he seemed to be trying to get the bat out of the way of the pitch, and the result was a, a line drive foul ball down the first base side, and the lights are on here in this beautiful Riverfront Stadium. It is a show play. Now, looking down at Johnny Vance, Johnny has not yet gone down to pump up a fine point, and pacing himself along with the Clayton. On the 2-2 to Belanger. Foul ball on the screen behind the plate. Ted Belanger hangs a little tough with a count two balls and two strikes. Game number one got off with a rush with the Cincinnati Redlegs scoring in one run in the very first inning. Swinging a ground ball base hit through the first base side out of the right field. Dave Johnson down to second base for all day and Belanger delivers with his first base hit. At the 1970 a ground single through the first base side to right. And the batter will be pitcher Jim Palmer. Well, Palmer in the final playoff game against the Minnesota Twins helped himself with the bat considerably. Against starter Gary Nolan, he grounded to second base in the third inning and struck out in the fifth inning. Tall, lean, right-headed batsman. And some years ago, baseball scouts were just not too sure which way this young fellow should go. Should he be an outfielder or a pitcher? The hits the palmer, here's a foul out of play behind the plate, strike one. Foul in relief of the shot of Gary Nolan delivers. Just off the corner and the count now one ball and one strike. Better than four home runs in this afternoon's game number one. Three by the Orioles, Powell, Hendrickson, Brooks, Robinson, and Lee May of the Reds. The series record for one game by two teams is six. And it's happened twice. Both times the Yankees were involved. Two and one pick. That's six to call the Palmer. Fine breaking ball from Clay Jones. In October the 1st of 1932, the Yankees hit four, the Cubs two. In October the 4th of 1953, the Yankees hit four, and the Dodgers hit two. The one-two pitch for the winning Jim Palmer. Drive, three, four, one over the outside corner of the lead, and that's it. At the end of six and one half innings of play, it's now Baltimore four, Cincinnati three. Another guy in the big league named Frank Baker, or they called him home run Baker. It's the most home runs he ever hit was 12. It's kind of like calling the slick bomb that you get the most hairdressing natural. I mean, how natural can your hair look when it's all loaded down with grease? That's why you like high color. Hold your hair in place without any grease. Now, if you want to look good naturally, don't kid yourself. Use high color. That's high color. It's greaser.
This is Kurt Gowdy. You don't want to think you're getting anyone out. They say he has his good stuff. That's what I like about Philip 66. At the performance shop, they've always got their good stuff. Take their premium gasoline, Philip's Flight Fuel. Not only has it got all the power you need, but a special detergent action keeps your engine running clean. Philip's Flight Fuel. Get it. At the performance shop, Philip 66. At Philip 66, this performance has counts. Great touchdown for Mr. Jim Simpson back in Cincinnati. We go over the last of the seventh inning, the top of the Cincinnati batting order, and two rows, Bobby Tolan and Tony Perez. The Reds trail by a run, four to three. Baltimore, this year, set an American League record in winning 40 ball games by one run. They lost only 15. They might also point out that today, Baltimore has already scored with four runs, more than Pittsburgh managed in the entire National League Championship. Last of the seventh, he blows his set Tony Perez. And 1-1. Just a bit 
They sure know how to make it right. As we go to the top of the eighth inning, the set score reads, Baltimore, four runs on six hits, two errors, Cincinnati, two runs, five hits, and more. Members of the Retail Clerk Union vote by secret ballot to approve agreements with employees. As union members, they have a voice in determining their conditions of employment. To every adult American, the right to vote is valuable because when you cast your secret ballot, you have a voice in determining the quality of the government of your country. Be sure to vote, no funds are paid. This message from the Retail Store Employees Union in your community. Guided by the Retail Clerk International Association, Washington, D.C., 2006. Been one tremendous play, and I'm not speaking of the home run by Brooks Robinson that put Baltimore in front four to three, but rather the tag on Bernie Carball at home plate, and the ball hit right in front of home plate. The tag put on by Ellie Hendricks. And as we said, Hendricks was there, umpire Ken Burkhart was there, and Carball slid around and was tagged out to Burkhart. We have checked again that instant replay shown on television, but it appears that Carball missed the plate. And that Ken Burkhardt, the umpire, was exactly right. And we have checked with the press box. We have checked with Andy Anderson. And his argument that Thompson was not that there was any interference at all, but simply that Carbo was safe. Well, here we go to the top half of the eighth inning. And Clay Carroll, pitching the release of Gary Nolan, will face John Buford. He delivers a strike at the knees. Buford fouled to the catcher, fly to the right fielder, and singled in the sixth inning. And that was rubbed out on a nifty. Red leg double play. The one strike pitch is a curve in and a strike two is called. Carroll performing as he has all year long for the Red Legs in release of starter Gary Nolan. The deep strike offering to Buford curving foul ball behind the plate. As Buford just did get a piece. Buford, Blair, and Boog Powell, the two batters against right-handed Clay Carroll here on the top of the eighth. And a tense and a taut struggle. The wide and a two-strike hit. High fly ball, Pettigrew away, waiting out there. Bobby Cole, and he's coming up on the ball now. Well, I feel the Carbo cuts over in front of him, and Carbo makes the catch. So Buford is retired on a towering fly ball for the alley and left center, and Carbo raced over in front of Cole and made the grab. One's on in the Oriole half of the eighth inning, and here is Paul Blair. Top of the shortstop in the first, reached on a strike hit, an infield single in the fourth inning. Came in when Powell followed with a home run. Blair struck out against Nolan in the sixth. Carroll ready to go. Swing a ground ball hit right at third baseman Perez. He's got it to throw to first baseman Nolan. We have two down. Blair out on a chopper to third baseman Perez. Without an out, Bruce Powell, who looked at a third strike, delivered with a two-run home run in the Oriole fourth inning and then hit into a double play in the sixth inning. As Jim Simpson pointed out earlier, and it is just absolutely true, that Powell, when you're hitting, makes things very easy for Baltimore. And in truth, uh, the Orioles, for the most part, go as Powell goes. A ball low and outside to move. That is not to say that if Powell is not hitting, they do not win. But it is a tremendously more difficult thing to do. One ball, no strikes to move Powell. Powell ready, fires. Inside, right along the letters. And a ball, two. Carroll's blowing away and in hindsight, moving the ball around on this man with tremendous power with the Orioles leading Cincinnati 4-3 here on the top of the eighth with two out and then out. Six to Boo, curve, swing, and a miss. Two and one, the count to Boo Powell, and he didn't get, he didn't get very close to that curveball. The Orioles, four runs, six hits, two errors. 
game one. Carroll ready with a 2-1 to Powell. Inside of low with a fastball. Three balls and a strike. Cincinnati broke on top with a single run in the first inning. Added two more on the Lee May home run in the third and missed three to nothing. The Orioles paddle back with two in the fourth and one in the fifth. Ah, hit. Powell is a tight two call over the inside portion right along the letters. And Carroll continues to do a fine job of moving the ball around on Powell, up and down, in and out. And now he is run out the string with a count three and two. Here's his pitch. Curve ground Powell down the first base side. Well, the first time Powell batted this afternoon with nobody on, they instituted a three-man overshift between first and second, such is not the case now. Darryl Taney at shortstop is almost directly behind the bag at second, still a fifth on the left field of third baseline. 3-2 to Powell. Ball four, high and tight. So, a walk by Clay Carroll, and that's the first free ticket he's issued. Two outs. Power of, of Powell reaching first and coming to the plate now is Frank Robinson. Hitless in three turns this afternoon. Has fly to left, fly to right, and pops to the first baseman, Lee May. Gary Nolan went the first six and two-third innings this afternoon, allowed five hits, walked the batter, struck out seven, and charged with four runs. Hit to Frank. Strike over the outside portion just above the knee. Offering to Frank Robinson, curve, mighty swing and miss. Carroll got right off the top of a good curveball, and Frank Robinson just couldn't find it. 0 2 the count to Baltimore's right fielder. Billy Hunter coaching third base play for Baltimore, George Stoller, and the first base coaching box. They're not holding with Powell at first base. Two strike hits to Frank, curveball, swing, and a foul tip out of the middle of the catcher bench, and Frank is still alive. Did not get a whole lot of that curveball. Oh, and two to Frank Robinson. May playing well off the bag at first base. The set by Carroll the pitch. Curved him in the dirt. One and two. He's given Frank just a steady diet of breaking pitches. Shortstop Staney is very, very deep and around toward the pole off the third base side against Frank Robinson. Play Carroll throws, curve, foul ball in the dirt behind the plate. More correctly, on the artificial turf behind the plate. I don't know what I expected to see in looking at a baseball game for the first time played on this artificial turf, but it looks like just another fine baseball game. Nothing at all unusual has happened so far. The one-two pitch. Strike three, call to Frank Robinson. Frank is called out of strike at the end of seven and a half innings of play. Baltimore four, Cincinnati three. Every World Series game has a lot of tradition behind it. All the great teams have played in the series. And every year, more great names join those of the past. There's something else that's got tradition going for STB Oil Dishes. STB has given drivers the edge on great race circuits all over the world, and it doesn't stop there. Millions and millions of motorists rely on STB Oil Treatment every day to keep their family cars running smoother, quieter, and longer. STB claims the vital engine parts, lubricates better than motor oil alone ever could, helps eliminate damaging friction and wear. On the track, that can give you the winning edge. On the highway, it can mean a lot longer life for your engine. 
And with winter coming up, you need STP protection even more. Because STP gives you that extra lubrication you need to help get smooth, calcite on cold morning. So get that STP tradition working for you. At your service station, add a can of STP oil treatment to your car's engine. And run racer shots. After the eighth inning, Cincinnati will send up Lee May, who is single and hit a two-run homer, and has been thrown out on one fantastic play by Brooks Robertson at third base. Then Bernie Cabo, who has been involved in the real rhubarb of the day, will be out or safe at home in the sixth inning, which at that time would have been the go-ahead run. And then Tommy Helms is one for three. For the last of the eight, four to three, Cincinnati plays Baltimore, and then catch up. The first pitch for Lee May is inside low, ball one. Hay with a single in the first, a two-run home run in the third, and a brilliant defensive play by Brooks Robinson getting in the sixth inning. Now the one-upping pitch to May. Palmer throws up tight inside, ball two, two and oh now. He is low and inside with a first offering and high and inside with a second. In the Baltimore bullpen, for Baltimore fans, a very familiar sight. The two-nothing to May. Ground ball hits off side of the shortstop for Landry. He's there. He's got it. The throw on the foul at first. One gone. Lee May retired and a bouncer to short. The familiar side in the Baltimore bullpen is referred to as number one and number two. And that means left-handed Pete Bricker and the right-handed Eddie Watt. They have been all year long for manager Earl Weaver, his late relief man. And now here is Bernie Carbo, lined to Brooks Robinson in the first inning, walked in the third, and walked again in the sixth inning. Pitch coming down to Carbo, a swing and a foul ball to the screen. Strike one. Carbo led the Reds in walks with 94. As a matter of fact, uh, he led two minor leagues in that same department. Based on ball. One strike to left-hand hitting Bernie Carbo. Palmer rocks and throws. Strike two calls. Good fastball, knee high over the outer portion. 0-2. Palmer to the move, the two-strike pitch. Curves through the line drive, caught. Brooks Robinson the third for the second out of the inning. A slicing soft liner to the glove side. Third baseman Robinson, he grabbed it for out number two in the bottom of the eighth inning. And here now comes Tommy Helm, who has popped to third and fly to center and singled in the sixth inning. John Gullett, a left-handed throwing in the bullpen, the pitch to Helm. Foul ball going to be out of play behind plate strike one, and uh, infielder Dave uh, Concepcion is also warning. Darrell Cheney is the on-deck hitter. One strike to count to Tommy Helm. Time requested by Helm, just as Palmer was in the middle of the windup and ready to deliver. But uh, Tommy felt that uh, Palmer was working a little too rapidly for it. And that's the only way you could slow him down. The one strike pitch. High fly ball, deep left center. Buford converging. Blair coming over. And it'll be Blair all the way, making the catch for the final out of the inning. Deep in the alley in left center field. Three up and three down at the end of eight. It's Baltimore four, Cincinnati three. The retail store employees unions are well known for their achievements on behalf of more than 600,000 members. Their union agreements with employers provide for good wages, liberal hospitalization, and retirement plans. They vote on their union agreements by secret ballot. The retail clerk unions urge all adult Americans to cast their secret ballot on November 3rd. This message from the Retail Store Employees Union in your community. Charted by the Retail Clerks International Association, Washington, D.C., 2006. 
get in on a terrific deal. Listen to this. You know the Gillette Techmatic Razor, the razor that gets the knobs? Well, here's the deal. Right now, when you buy the Gillette Techmatic Razor, America's top-selling razor, you get a can of Gillette Foamy Shave Cream with lemon lime, free. You get that? Foamy with lemon lime, free. So what are you waiting for? Get the Gillette Techmatic Razor now. Inning, four to three, the score. Baltimore about to bat, and we'll send up Brooks Robinson. And now back here, let us go down to the field and Tony Kubat. Mr. Pretty good play by this fellow, I tell you, it's as good a play at third base as I've ever seen. I didn't believe he could make it. It was a very key play because it's followed by two hits. Quite an exciting first game of the World Series. It's a terrific game. These the beautiful match teams are showing up just that way. Mr. Commissioner, thank you so much. Let's go back upstairs. Okay, Tony. Here's Brooks Robinson with a swing and a line drive foul ball into the bullpen area down the left field side. Strike one to Brooks Robinson. Rounded the third twice in the second inning and the fourth inning and broke a 3-3 tie with a one-out solo home run in the seventh inning. His home run, the difference in the game at the moment, the one-strike pitch. Blown away, half a count, a ball, and a strike. This is the first look Brooks Robinson has had at the Red Legs outstanding reliever Clay Carroll. The one-one to Brooks. Inside and high, ball two, two and one now. In the ninth inning, Brooks Robinson, Elrod Hendricks, Dave Johnson are the new batters against Clay Carroll. The two-one offering to Brooks. Strike called as Carroll found the range in the outside corner of the knees. Two and two. Strike three called. Brooks Robinson is out looking at a blazing fastball, knee-high over the outside corner, and that'll be... Three strikeouts now for Clay Carroll, and they have all been looking third strike. Each one a call third strike. One out, nobody on. Elrod Hendricks. Fouled out to the first baseman in the second inning. Hit a solo home run to get Baltimore a 3-3 tie on the fifth. Struck out in the seventh. Lean, rangy, left-handed batsman. Carroll works. Curve. Strike call. Good looking stuff from Clay Carroll. One strike offering. Inside, one ball, one strike. We mentioned earlier, Boog Powell hung the nickname on this tall, skinny uh, Baltimore catcher. Calls him Beef. Strike two call right at the knees. One ball, two strikes, and this Powell is full of strikes. Mark Belanger greeted him with an infield hit. Since that time, the only man to reach was the walk to Boog Powell pitch. Curveball in the dirt in front of the plate. And that'll even the count now, two and two. It is Baltimore four, Cincinnati three. One out, nobody on, top of the ninth inning. At Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio. The 2-2 pitch to Hendricks. Swings and a miss, he's fucking up. Strikeout number four for reliever Clay Carroll. Well, he is doing his job and then some, holding the Orioles right where they are in hopes that his teammates can get caught up. And all Cincinnati needs is a swing of the bat. They're trailing by one run. Baltimore this year have the Orioles won 40 one-run ball games and lost only 15. The pitch to Johnson is a strike call. An American League record for Baltimore, those 40 one-run victories. Curve is in the dirt, bouncing by to the screen, one ball and one strike. The bullpens are absolutely quiet. And Riverfront Stadium is also a little on the quiet side. Two out, nobody on, top of the ninth. It'll come alive on the bottom. A ball, two, is high and outside.
batter in the bottom of the ninth to start it for Cincinnati is Darrell Chaney. The pitch is a high foul ball down the first base side out of play. Two and two to Baltimore's second baseman Dave Johnson. He has popped the second, struck out, and walked. 51,531 paid and a glorious, a beautiful afternoon in Cincinnati. Now the 2-2 pitch. Carroll rocks over the rubber and throws. A looping line drive, base hit toward the alley in right center field. Going over to cut it off at Steve Rowe. Johnson is around first, holding on. Now the run for full going to second base. Johnson dives, and he is safe at second base. Johnson watching the base hit in the alley in right center, and it was center fielder Tolan that came over to cut it off. Johnson kind of tried to con Tolan just a little bit, cruising around first, and then suddenly he opened up, and uh, Tolan had to hurry up, get set, and throw, and his throw was off target at second base. And Johnson has legged a single into a double. The batter now is Mark Belanger, and the intentional pass is being issued to Belanger. A double by Johnson with two down, and now an intentional walk to Mark Belanger. And that will bring up Baltimore pitcher Jim Palmer. That is to say, he is the new batter. Three balls, no strikes now. We're going to get ball four. And there it is. Belanger reaches with a walk. Charge to Carroll, his second, and Jim Palmer out of the Orioles' dugout. Palmer, a 20-game winner this year for the first time in his career. And he, like the Cincinnati starter, had many physical problems. Palmer at the plate is 0 for 3, a bounce out to second and two strikeouts. Carroll ready to go. And the Reds' uh, right-hander fires, swing and a miss, strike one. Runners, Dave Johnson at second, Belanger at first, two away, top of the ninth inning, Baltimore four to three. Carroll sets at the belt, the right-handed delivers, swinging a high fly ball right field way, up on the ball to right fielder Rose, back to second base and first base, and Rose the right fielder calls and both off and makes the catch. So the Orioles do not score at the end of eight and one half innings to play. It's Baltimore four, Cincinnati three. What do you look for in your station wagon? Beauty, smart, for roominess, visibility, well, thank you for my convenience, engineering, practical options, and accessories. Chrysler Corporation wagons give you all of them. A 1971 Dodge Coronet wagon or new Plymouth satellite wagon offer a unique combination of features. Unibody construction, torsion air suspension, 4 by 8 foot load space, storage compartments in the wheel well. Beautiful enough to take you out on Saturday night. Wagons with an optional roof air deflector to keep the road dust off the rear window. Three seat wagons with a new standard tailgate auto lock. You control the locking and unlocking from your driver's seat. A two way door gate that opens out for passengers. Even with the rear window up? Or down for easy package loading. Extra care in engineering. Extra value. Extra worth. New, the 1971 wagons from Chrysler Corporation. Dodge, Plymouth, and Chrysler. Chrysler Corporation's car. Chrysler Corporation's day. Pause 30 seconds for station identification. KGW Portland. Whether you're rooting for the Reds or the Orioles, you'll end up on top at Equitable Savings. Equitable Savings offers top earnings, including the 5 and 1 quarter percent 90 day passbook savings account, plus an extra bonus SH Green Stamps. One stamp for every dollar saved in any Equitable Savings account. Up to 1,000 stamps per deposit. Get your extra bonus now at Equitable Savings during their 80th anniversary. Here we go to the bottom of the ninth inning and batting for Darrell Cheney.
Jimmy Stewart, a swing and a miss, strike one. Right back, a ball. The time outside on the count is now even to Stewart at one ball, one strike. Last half of the ninth inning. Baltimore 4, Cincinnati 3, game number one of the 1970 World Series.